Welcome to Who's in the Bible, a podcast for kids. I'm Eric. And I'm Lance. And we believe that the Bible is the greatest book in the whole world. It's filled with amazing stories about interesting people all working together to tell a bigger story, the greatest story about the most important person who ever lived, Jesus. And we know that understanding more about the people and the stories in the Bible helps us to know more about Jesus and what it means to be his followers today. And in this episode, a big fish eats a guy. Yeah. Wait, is this? Oh, I know this one. You do? This was about Jonah and the whale today. Fish. God bless you. So Jonah and the whale. I'm so excited. Uh, fish. What? Jonah and the fish. Whatever, man. Like this uh, fish, whale, whatever. This is such a cool, cool story. Like I remember from like... Joe's Church when I was a kid, like, this is one of my favorite, like, I don't know, this one on the felt board. On the, oh, yeah. All the, the, you know, this is, this is gold. This, this is, is gold. gold. Let's it was, do it. It was always such a cool story to hear as a kid. And I don't know the last time you read through the story of Jonah in the Old Testament, but it's got some twists you may not remember. Let's jump right in. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. Says the word Lord came to Jonah. Yeah. That's so cool. So, and like, you know, he must have been like a really awesome guy. Like he must have been like a really, really cool guy to like go out and to call out against it. That's like, you're like one of God's like secret agents. <laughs> you're like, a, like an awesome guy. Yeah, it seems like a, seems like a pretty good guy. Let's see what happens next. Okay. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with him to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. I don't think it's possible to say the word Tarshish without smiling a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. But now we've already thrown a wrench in this here because I thought you said like we we we, we agreed. I mean, Jonah I, was like a I secret agent. That. Well, I did. You, Jonah I laughed was a cool at dude. And so he wants to flee from the presence of the Lord, and so that's like the exact opposite thing that he should have done. That is the opposite thing from what he should have done. Right out of the gate, we see that Jonah is no Bible hero. Mm. He's the opposite of that. He runs away from God and away from the assignment that God gave him. Well, which was to go to Nineveh, though. Like, yeah. So where was that? Nineveh was the capital city of this place called Assyria. Ooh, Assyria. And Assyria was the enemy of Israel. And God told Jonah to go there to warn the people of Nineveh that God was going to destroy them for being so evil. And Jonah just like bailed. Yeah, he didn't just bail. He went the opposite direction. It'd be like God telling you to go to Canada, and then you buy a plane ticket to go to Mexico. You know, and so maybe some of you kids listening, you're like, sometimes my parents tell me to do something and I don't want to do it. And so I just sit there, like ignore them. Yeah. But then there's times you don't want to do it and you go away, you go do something else. You go do the opposite of that That's thing. even worse yeah. than ignoring. I don't, both are not, neither, kids should never do either that's one. That's right. Both are wrong. You do it right now. But let, I mean, that's, that's to me as a dad, that's worse. Yeah. If I told you to do it and you, then you do not only that. You don't do it, but you do the opposite. The opposite. So God couldn't have been happy about yeah, that. Yeah, he, he was not happy. Check out what happens next. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled a, the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. 
But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So, big storm. Now, I've, storm. I've never been out of the, the open ocean. But from what I understand, it is very, it is not like you're just kind of, not like when you're in your car. Right. It's a topsy-turvy thing if the water starts getting choppy. Yeah, like those waves are the size of a house going up. Oh. down and my stomach's getting upset thinking I, I'm about it. feeling a little uneasy. I just ate a taco and now it's getting to oh, be, it's, it's looking to come back. And he's asleep? Yeah, he slept through the whole thing. This storm was so big that professional sailors, they call them mariners, they were tossing Ooh. their cargo overboard to save their lives, hoping to keep the boat afloat. Okay, so then what happened? Well, the captain goes below deck, he wakes Jonah up, and he's like, hey, man, you better start praying because we're all about to die. <laughs> uh, Jonah had to have been like, believe me, yeah, God does not want to hear from me. <laughs> actually, <laughs> that's like that. He did not want to do that. No, he didn't. He told the sailors, he's like, actually, you guys should toss me overboard if you want to live because I promise you, this whole thing is my fault. Yeah, okay, so you can imagine. Okay, I'm trying to just wrap my mind around how this even feels. It's this life or death situation. Because these guys know, yeah. Okay, because they're, they're mariners, like they're you mariners, said, they're yeah. professional about the sea people, which yes. Jonah's not. No, and so they know this is a life or death situation. Yeah. So they've come in and been like, "Dude, if you want to live, then um, he says you're gonna have to kill me." Yeah, and that's that's nuts. Can you imagine being faced with a choice like that in real life? Like, if you want to live, you have to kill someone. Uh. Uh-uh. I, I, can't I certainly imagine. don't want to. Right. I cannot. I can't imagine being faced with that kind of choice. Except if you know anything about sailors back in these times, these guys were the roughest, toughest people around. Like we've talked about, you had to be tough. You had to be a little crazy to go out to sea back then because it was such hard work. It was unpredictable. They didn't have a weather app. No. So yeah. these, these are rough guys. Yeah. They didn't have they, GPS. They had to navigate <laughs> by the stars. Oh, yeah. So probably be kind of sharp too. Yeah. But they're definitely rough guys. Like that phrase, you know, you got a mouth like a sailor. <laughs> you know, that's like, you know, so they must have like heard Jonah been like, dude, dude, toss him. Toss him. We, actually, we're not playing around with you. Actually, they did the very exact opposite of that thing. They hmm. didn't want to kill Jonah. As the sea became more and more, the Bible uses the word tempestuous. That's a fancy word of the week. They rode harder and harder, and finally they couldn't take anymore, so the sea was working against them. They cry out to God. Yahweh, we don't want to die because of this man, and we don't want innocent blood on our hands. Help us. Yeah, so they're crying out to God, and nothing changes the situation. The sea is more and more tempestuous. Finally, they pick Jonah up, and they throw him out into the sea, and the sea stops raging. What must that have been like? I don't know. I wonder. I, you know what? I've always heard this. I always wondered: Did it stop raging immediately? Like his toe hit the water yeah, like, and then bam. it stopped? Because I'd have been like, well, we should probably throw him an inner tube or something. <laughs> <laughs> we got him off the boat yeah. and have the storm stop. But yeah, that's that's so crazy. That had to have been so crazy. I would think so. Uh, it says the, after this that the sailors worshipped God. The rough guys. Yeah. These dudes, and they stopped and worshiped God. Exactly. Dude, that's, so that is, again, another, that's exact opposite of what I would expect from this group of guys. Right. So Jonah gets thrown overboard. If you're reading this story for the first time and you're like, you're reading through the Bible and you come upon this story, you expect he sinks to the bottom and dies. And he sleeps with his fathers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, that's not what happened. Listen to this. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow up Jonah. 
And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Okay, I'm going to be honest with yeah. you. Um, Eric, break it down. Okay, be here's honest. The, as cool as I've always thought that this story is, it's always been kind of weird. You know, and even the picture, because the only other time I've, you know, in my life thought about someone being swallowed by a whale slash fish uh-huh. um, was in Pinocchio. Right. And they like built a house in there or something. Yeah. Like, had a fire, made hot dogs and stuff. So like, I guess I kind of always had that picture in my mind, but it's like a whale fish swallowing him and kept him alive. You really think about it. It's crazy. That's like, that wouldn't happen. That, that's not like, it's not like a big gymnasium inside of a fish. <laughs> right. And the insides of things are made to, you know, not keep things alive. Right. So the fish eats you. You are food. You're, You're not food. chilling out. You know, so he's not like a big underwater Uber taking you to your next stop. That's, it's weird. And, you know, the way that we've, we've pointed out today that this story is just completely full of opposites to begin with. And so Jonah does the opposite of what you'd expect a man of God to do. And then the sailors, they do the opposite yeah. by, you know, um, not what you expect these sailors to do by worshiping God. Right. And, and now the fish is definitely doing the opposite of what you'd expect him to do. I mean, is this even like a real story? Eric, I think it's time for thinking material. Thinking material. Eric, you ask a great question. It's a question a lot of people have. So let's break it down. First and foremost, okay. could God cause a great storm that would make Jonah end up in the sea in order to have a fish swallow him and keep him alive inside that fish for three days and drop him off on the shore safe and sound? Absolutely. Yeah. He could of, do, God can do anything. That's right. God can do anything. We know he created the universe. He has the power to operate in ways that don't make sense to us or to the laws of our universe as we know them. Yeah. However, this story does read like satire. And, you know, satire uses irony and sometimes some exaggeration in the way stories are composed. Well, I know irony. Yeah. Like like rain on your wedding day. Or like yeah. winning the lottery and dying the next day. Like a traffic jam when you're already late. That's ironic. Don't you think? <laughs> I, I do think, Eric. Yes, you are. You're a master of irony. That's what they call me. <laughs> but back to your question. Is all this even real? Yeah. Bible scholar Tim Mackey says that the story of Jonah is is firmly in the category of satire. Hmm. Other Bible scholars have placed this story in the category of allegory, which is kind of it being like a fable or myth. Okay. So again, I want to say, could this story and every word in it be absolutely true and historically accurate and real? Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Sure. But could it also be allegory or satire? Yeah. I think it could. Yeah. yeah. It, could it be some blend of a real story that's been exaggerated in some way? Every story I tell is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's also, it's a fish story. Oh, right. So absolutely. Yes. This, this could be. We can't know exactly though. And whichever one it is, here's what I want you to get. Doesn't change the point of the story. And that was thinking material. Okay. I'm going to have to like really let that sink in. That's, that's why it's called thinking material. That's why it's thinking material. Okay. So whether or not this is like an exaggerated story or just a totally real thing that happened, mm-hmm. 
it doesn't change the point of the story. What does that mean exactly? Well, to get to the point of the story, you have to read the rest of the book of Jonah. It's okay. only four chapters long. It's in the Old Testament. If you're listening to this podcast, you should read through the book of Jonah or at least pause and read through. Uh, it's super cool. So here's the rest of the story. I'm going to give it to you. Okay. For three days, he's in the fish. And on the third day, Jonah prays to God. He never apologizes for running from him, but he mm. does acknowledge God's power and goodness. Okay. And it says, then the Lord spoke to the fish and it vomited Jonah out upon the dry land. Beach day ruined. <laughs> if I got my family at the beach yeah. and suddenly a dude gets tossed up, thrown up out of a fish. Right. Like, ugh, ugh. Oh, it's got to be gross. That's nasty. Yeah. Okay. So he gets up off the beach after he's been projectile vomited onto <laughs> it. And he he goes around the big city of Nineveh walking around and saying, listen, in 40 days, God's going to destroy this place because you're all evil. And you know what the people did? No. They they listened. Word of really? Jonah's message. Yeah. Word of Jonah's message even made it to the king. And the king uh, led everyone to apologize to God, to show remorse for their sins, and then cry out to him for forgiveness. Oh, wow. You know what God did? What? He gave them grace. He took back his promise to destroy them. This whole thing is upside down. I mean, like it's opposite day. You'd expect Israel's enemies, you know, this is like their arch enemies here, basically, um, to ignore God because they're like, that's not my God. I don't care. And then said they listen, change their behavior and change their heart, which is even more than your behavior. It's it's a huge plot twist in the way that this story works. And Jonah was not happy about it at all. In fact, (laughs) he, he went all the way outside the city and sat on a hill and pouted like a brat who didn't get his way. Oh, man. What a weirdo. What happened next? Well, that's it. What? Yeah. I mean, the story just ends with the people of Nineveh. They've turned toward God. Jonah is mad as can be, and he's just there pouting. Well, okay. Well, well, then, so what's the point of the story? Well, Eric, the point of the story is that God is loving and forgiving to everyone. I mean, think about it. Think think about the God of the universe who made everything and who made us and people who over and over again, choose to go against what he wants and choose to hurt each other and be evil and lie, steal, cheat, and murder. What do you? What would you expect the God of the universe to do? I mean, he's going to deal with that. Yeah. He's not going to ignore that. No, but God in this story, just like the other characters, does the opposite of what you might expect him to do. He shows love and he shows grace. And that is the point of the story. And also, it, it might not seem like much of a big deal to us now, but it was definitely a big deal to Israelites back then who had forgotten God's plan for them to be a blessing to the whole world. Mm. And they would have thought it was crazy for God to love and forgive their enemies. I feel like that's a big lesson for us to learn too. And now it's time for the question of the day. My name is Jude and I'm in the third grade. The story of Jonah might not have been real. Does that mean the Bible isn't true? Wow. <sighs> that is a great question. Eric, you want to take it? Uh, I'm going to let you start it. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to just make sure you're right. I'll, I'll tell you if you're right at the end. Okay, so <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah, it is. I feel like a lot of people have probably had this question. I feel like oh, a lot yeah. of big grown-ups have this question a lot. Well, people get worked up because we start talking about maybe parts of the Bible are exaggerated or there's allegory or whatever. And we shouldn't avoid questions like this. We should run to them. We should try to answer them. Here's what we know. Yeah. The Bible has different kinds of writing in it, like historical writing. We've we've read some of it. We've done yeah. podcasts on real people, real stories that actually happened. Yep. There's other parts of the Bible that have poetry and songs. There's other parts of the Bible that have words written about the future. Can you believe that? Mm. Yeah. 
Then there are teachings. And in the teachings, especially of Jesus, all the time he uses things like allegory and exaggeration and irony to help make his point. He does it when he's teaching and it's recorded in the Bible. So it still raises the question though, is it true? Yeah. So that's a good question. Is it true? Really, can we believe it? Yeah. It, yeah. That's it, what we're really asking. That's what we really... And to, in order to find out can we believe it? Like first, yes. But second, how do we determine what to believe about it? Well, we context is everything. We talk about context a lot. Yep. What is the purpose? What is the point? Who wrote it and to who was it written? And those things will help us understand that it's believable. Well, okay. So then we've talked about a lot of crazy, strange yeah, we things. Have. So are, are all those things just allegories? Well, no, Eric. Not every strange, weird thing in the Bible is exaggerated or made up. We don't know exactly how every part is across the Bible. We won't know till we get to heaven. But Hmm. we don't have to worry about the things that are the foundation of our faith, especially the the biggest story of the Bible, the story of Jesus. Jesus, the Son of God who existed forever in heaven, stepped out of heaven and onto earth as a human and lived a real life. And he died a very real death. And he was wrapped up and he was placed in a tomb. And on the third day, the Bible says he lived again. He walked out of that tomb. And it's not allegory. It's not fiction. It's not exaggerated. It's true. Their actual historical accounts, more than 500 people saw Jesus alive after he had died. So, whoa, that between thinking material and the question of the day, my brain is throbbing from all of the brain power I've been using. You know, this episode, kids, might be one. You might need to go, okay, we got into the fish thing. I got to go back and like re-listen to this whole thing again because this has been a lot to take on. Yeah. A lot. It's been a lot. Wow. That's why we do this though, because we need to actively be thinking about everything and all of who is in the Bible. Well, you've been listening to Who's in the Bible, a podcast for kids, brought to you by Clear Creek Community Church. 